Hey everybody, welcome to Real Estate Investing Mastery. Welcome to the uh, Real Estate Investing Mastery Studios. <laughs> and I'm sitting here at the golden REIM <laughs> mic. I'm pretending to act like Rush. Wow. So, how do you like that? <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> Alex, how are you, man? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? Really good. I'm excited about this podcast. We've been getting some great reviews, great feedback from people. Um, people telling us that the bonuses are just really, really good. Um, you know, guys, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com. Check out these bonuses that we have on there. I mean, we basically spill the beans on how we operate our business. You get a behind-the-scenes look of how Alex runs his business and how he uses VAs, virtual assistants, how I wholesale lease options. We talk about marketing. We talk about, you know, if you have a certain amount of money you can spend in marketing. And if you do this marketing, how much money you might be able to expect to make. Um, and uh, Giving it all away. Giving yeah. it all away. <laughs> so, so really go to realestateinvestingmastery.com. Put your email in there. You'll get access to these bonus videos. We include the mind map. We include the spreadsheets. Uh, just a lot of really, really good stuff that we think that you'll like. But um, Alex, you have any deals that you're working on? Of course, man. Of course. Um, Good to hear. The one I have working right now, nice one actually, um, and I and I put out in my group on Facebook actually that I'm I'm actually getting up out of my chair <laughs> to go look at a house, and everybody was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. <laughs> you know. But I, but I said to myself, um, you, know, you you know you you get that feeling, and I don't look at many, I don't go out and look at many houses, and a lot of people have different opinions on whether, you know, they have enough equity, then you should just go no matter what, but I yeah. kind of just do it based off feeling, yeah. um, using the force, um, and, uh, f and, and just feeling if, if, um, that motivation is there, and a good way to tell that actually is, is a couple things, is if, multiple avenues of motivation are lined up that's usually a good thing so let's say it's a divorce a foreclosure and a probate all at once oh like <laughs> this one no no this one let's see was a probate actually yeah you're right there was it was on the tail end of a divorce but she it, this wasn't part of the divorce but it was a probate um, I think she, uh, it was a vacant house. Okay. So that's another one there. Yeah. Um, it needed to be fixed up. It was in bad shape. Um, and she just wanted to sell it quickly. So there were all different avenues of motivation. So I said, okay, I'll get up out of my chair, drive out there, bring the fancy car, kind of wow, try to wow her, make her feel like she's the most important thing in the world, all that good stuff. And I got out there, I, I did the, you know, thing i listened to her and walked around and just you know shot the breeze with her and all that good stuff yeah she she let me know that there were many there are different bids quote-unquote bids that she was getting and i'm thinking to myself oh crap yeah. <laughs> yeah. you gotta hate that you know when, when somebody says i'm getting multiple bids you know you're just like oh darn it i'm not gonna get a good deal on this thing right but i went home Back to my office, sat back in my chair, and constructed an offer. It was out the door the next day, and I got a signed contract back on um, the next day after that from the, her attorney, saying it was accepted. And babow, I got it for fifty. I um, good. put it out there to my whole to uh, one of my buyers. I didn't even blast it out to the list because I. I 
you know, I have different opinions about blasting it out to the list because it kind of cheapens the the deal. I think, like, if everybody knows about it, it kind of takes away that the the yeah. the the mystique of ooh, this is a deal nobody knows about. You know. Well, they think that sometimes I've thought this too when it's been blasted out on an email list. I thought. All their pocket buyers weren't interested in that deal. That's exactly right. That's mm-hmm. right. It takes it takes away the sexiness of the deal, so I got to keep it sexy at all times. Yeah. So I sent it out there to one of my big big time buyers. Um, he went out there. They looked under the house. Good. Looked in the house. I put it out to him for eighty nine thousand. They came back at 75, and I said, no, I want 85. And they came back at 79 and a dinner to roost Chris, and I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you got it under contract for 70. 50. 50, 50, and they, they want to buy it for 79. And yes. uh, it was a probate deal, so that's why the attorney was involved? Uh, I guess, or she was just, you know, she, she just needed somebody to represent her because she, you know, never sold any real estate before. So I guess she felt like she wanted to pay an attorney to help her out with it. Good for and you. the attorney was glad to take her money. So is this a cash buyer then? It is definitely a cash buyer. This is one of my best buyers. They buy from me and it's, you know, a repeat thing and I trust them a hundred percent and they trust me and it's all good. And I can, another deal I went out to today, yeah. I will probably do the same thing. Pitch it right over to them. They'll take it if I could get it for, you know, maybe in the 90s to 100 and pimp it to them for 120, 125. You know, I'll be happy with that too. <laughs> no, I'm hearing the questions already. Um, how do you not let your end buyer know how much you were buying it for or does he does he even he care? didn't care he didn't care that's the great thing about this buyer after he said okay i'll give you 79 how much did you make on it 30 and i said yep <laughs> awesome <laughs> and and he said excellent good for you he said we're gonna make a lot of money i like when you make money because you'll keep bringing us the deals and round and round we go <laughs> excellent i love it yes sir good well good for you man um, I'm happy. Guys, Alex deals a lot of with homes that are needing a lot of work. Typically, that's why you can get such good discounts. Why these are such good deals is because they need a lot of work. The seller is frustrated and exasperated. They don't want to touch it, um, and uh, they just want to get rid of it. And um, so Alex can come in, buy these homes at really, really big discounts, and then wholesale them to other investors who will spend the time and money to go in and fix it up. That's Everybody right. Now, wins. when you when we say buy, don't get confused with that contract. We contract them. Correct. And sometimes we will buy them if it's a steal of a deal and we absolutely have to. It's a little bit more advanced, but uh, contract is just as powerful. So we contract them, we tie it up, and then assign our interest in the contract to another buyer. Well, and the cool thing about uh, Alex that he does with his coaching students, too, is that he has private lenders um, already working with him. And so if one of his students brings him a deal... Uh, Alex will go ahead and buy it if it's a good deal. Um, we can so, close yeah. in seven days or less. <laughs> so when, when Alex's students tell their sellers that when they're talking to them, we can close in seven days, you really can because you can use Alex's private money um, as long as it's a good deal. So, Absolutely. But anyway, we have a guest on the line, John Jackson from Dallas, Texas. <laughs> hey there, guys. Can you hear me all right? Yes, John. How are you? Good. I had to reposition my mic there, but uh, <laughs> ah, that was a little squeaky sound, but it's all good. How are you doing, John? This, this is my 
there's my uh, my joints and my shoulders and my back. <laughs> you know, as old as I am, that that noise you hear is just. I got a WD forty on every now and then. But I thought I thought that was you, maybe you know, straighten out your leg or something. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I gotta tell you, I was uh, what it was. That you, what you were hearing was the springs in my cot because I was taking a nap because you and Joe were going on for about thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, whatever. And I started getting nosy. Oh. Taking, He's like, know, what? I, I thought I was supposed to be saying something on this yeah. call. <laughs> I was going to say something, and uh, I started just taking a little nap. All there. right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good grief. I knew it was coming, and I'm sure we'll have more as we go on. But uh, John is one of my mentors, um, and uh, jo uh, John's uh, been living in Dallas, Texas for probably a long time, probably all his life or whatever. Um, but he's in the lease option business. He does a lot of lease options, a lot of lease purchases, and Alex – when he does his wholesaling, traditional wholesaling, he, he works mainly with ugly houses. And John works mainly with pretty houses. And uh, John and I have very similar businesses. Um, but when I left my job, my cubic hell, as I call it, back <laughs> in 2000, well, about three years ago almost now, um, John Jackson was one of the first guys I called, and I said, hey, can I fly down to Dallas and spend a few little bit of time with you? So um, I hired him as a consultant, as a coach, and uh, spent a couple of days with John and really walked away with some valuable information because I wanted to learn how to operate my investing stuff as a business. And I saw it in John. Um, he really has a lot of systems and, and a lot of really good business systems down. And um, so he just showed me how he does what he does. And he teaches students all over the country, but he's also doing a bunch of deals himself right now. And uh, one of the things we're going to be asking him in this interview is, you know, how did you get started and uh, what kind of deals and business are you actively doing now? And uh, John's just a great guy. We'll, we apologize in advance for his uh, humor. That's <laughs> 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 like... It's a, it's a podcast with a preface, you know, just a warning. <laughs> so, how, how are you, John? I am doing good, and uh, I'm just so happy because uh, it's finally dropped below 108 degrees here in the Fort Worth area. <laughs> and, uh, so we're just uh, just happy about that. Um, it's uh, I think we've been on 41 days of 100-plus uh, degree temperature. And uh, so, but you know what? You know, some people couldn't survive the heat. Uh, you hear about every night on the news. It was about how many people died from the heat and and this and that. Which is, I know it sounds unusual to hear when you look, when you're in you know Missouri or wherever. But here, that's kind of the the thing. Is during the summer, every every night of the news, it's how many people died today from the wow. heat. And oh, uh, which I know it's horrible, but I'm thinking, you know what? Hey, you know. May the strong survive, you know. And I'm one of the strong because I've got bottled water. <laughs> I am Ozarka, so I will survive. So. <laughs> but uh, now, yeah, no, <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm here in the fourth area. I've done uh, lease options now for about eight and a half years, and uh, lease options exclusively. Uh, and I do. Uh, I am the uh, originator, the uh, founder of lease, uh, leasingtobuy.com. And I guess that's kind of how uh, 
this all got started. And uh, uh, Joe, you found me um, wandering the website late at night one night, and uh, uh, you were able to come down here and kind of see the the magic in it all, if you will, as far as how to actually uh, make money doing lease options, not just doing one here and maybe one later down the road and this and that. Yeah. So. Uh, definitely a big turning point for you, and uh, uh, it's exciting to have you down here. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, thank you, uh, by the way, for having me on this uh, podcast. And again, I apologize for the squeakiness in the background. I think I've taken care of that. And uh, uh, just looking forward to uh, talking to you and Alex about uh, how I got started, some of the background, some of the things I faced, and uh, uh, some good, hopefully sharing some good information for some of your listeners. Good. You know, I'll give credit where credit's due. I found you on uh, uh, a website called The Naked Investor. How do you like that, Alex? Uh, Oh, is he the naked investor? No, no, no. Oh, okay. (laughs) We haven't talked to The Naked Investor yet, have we? (laughs) No. I'm I'm, I'm the scantily clad. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so... Naked-investor.com. Naked-investor.com. Make sure your kids aren't in the room when you go there. So, Joe, you were perusing the Naked Investor site and found him? Okay, I got you. Naked Investor, it's a website run by a guy named Michael Carbonier. Uh, He's an investor, and it's a serious website. Apparently a naked one. Right. But I think naked comes from, uh, you know, naked options. Right? Is that right, John? It actually comes from uh, <laughs> he, he. There's a couple of options. <laughs> <laughs> he came up with Naked Investor from uh, a show called The Naked Chef. Yeah. And what that was is chefs taking things down to the basics. Instead of getting all fancy and all this, uh, ah. this bizarre stuff you can't even buy in a store, they had, there was a show with the, these chefs that would take things down to the bare, you know, the, just the bare basics and showing how to prepare different foods and create different dishes. And he said, you know what, that's what you really need with these options is taking it down to the basics. Just here's the nuts and bolts, bam, bam, bam. And that's exactly what he's done with uh, The Naked Investor as far as his manual and the forum on there. Uh, it uh, it just takes it down to the very basics. Uh, you know, when people come to me for training, uh, I certainly refer them to uh, Naked Investor for for the manual to learn just the basic ropes and understanding of, uh, of lease options because uh, I don't teach the basics of lease options. I teach, okay, now that you know that, here's how to actually build it into a business. So it just uh, makes a nice yep. uh, nice segue. So Michael Carbonaire has got a good site. It's naked-investor.com. They have a good forum on there. It's pretty active. And um, that's kind of where I uh, was, was active for a long time in there. And I met John. And um, so, but John, start from the beginning. Um, you know, what were you doing before you started investing in real estate, and and uh, how miserable were you? <laughs> yeah, I had just I was I was coming off of a I had just invented a thing called Velcro, and, uh, okay, right. and <laughs> uh, actually, uh, I was doing a couple of things. I was actually a stay-at-home father who was a day trader uh, yeah. stock market sweet yes I was a day trader and uh, had begun how much tra- money did you lose <laughs> you know what believe it or not I ended up at I think uh, at a about a, an even I started in the year two in 1999 is when I started the height of the stock bar uh, the yes, net, the yes. Boom. I was always intrigued by that stuff I think the best time to learn the stock market is when it's crumbling down 
like an Obama campaign. You know, just it's <laughs> painting. Um, and that's what I learned. And uh, I tell you, I made a, a fair amount of money on shorts and puts. Yeah. Uh, puts is a put option. Uh, I then began trading uh, almost exclusively uh, options and had kind of really developed a technique to make money in options as far as what I called grocery money, uh, where I would uh, I knew every month I had a check coming in for grocery money by trading these options. Absolutely. And that's where I got my start at, uh, as far as uh, years ago. Then I wanted to make the switch over to real estate, and as I was looking at real estate, I saw that with real estate, there was it was like uh, the stock market. There was 10, 15, 20 different ways to make money in real estate, just like there was with the stock market, which means that I had, it meant that I had to find the way that fit my niche. What was going to be my way to make money in real estate? I looked at uh, rentals, um, I looked at flipping, wholesaling. Foreclosures were there, they weren't really big back in, 90, well, what was this, 2003? I guess 2003, is that right? Um, wasn't really big back then the way it is now. Uh, so I was looking at all these different ways. Lease options kept popping up, but everything that I found on lease options was, first of all, very uh, very minimal. And what was out there, as far as lease options, was uh, here's how you can screw people over and make some money. <laughs> and I thought, you know, <laughs> I thought, you know, uh, that's not uh, yeah, that's not funny. <laughs> but the truth was, I thought, you know what, lease options, as far as the, the, uh, the structure of lease options is a good thing, but if you can if you can just add all of the extracurricular activities and things needed to make it complete, it's going to be a win-win situation. Instead of just uh, taking money from people, it's going to be a matter of helping people, helping sellers, helping buyers. And so I went to work with these kind of wheels in motion, and that's where leasing to buy started. Where we actually brought in the credit improvement company, we brought in the mortgage people, yeah. we brought everything in. We structured the numbers specifically for the purpose of the eventual finance, uh, and so it really became a win-win situation. And that's where uh, leasing to buy got its start back in 2003. Uh, as far as how many deals we've done, I I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I, I don't know, 450, 500, I don't know. Uh, We've done hundreds of them, uh, and that's what we. That's ex specifically what we do. That's all I do is lease options. Uh, and <clears throat> excuse me, a couple years ago, uh, actually about the time you found me, Joe, I yeah. had just started doing some training one-on-one, -on -one where if somebody wanted to learn how I did what I did, they'd come to me, and I would spend a few days with them one-on-one -on -one and teach them. And it's since grown into a you know a small two-day. I'm sorry, two-day. Uh, twice a year event uh, that I do, uh, but it's, again, it's very small, but uh, that's uh, you know kind of going from way back when to where we are now. So I'll start off with uh, uh, stock market, uh, options, then uh, lease options, uh, leasing to buy, and to what we are now. You know, one of the, you, you touched on that and how you're different when doing lease options, because it is one of the reasons why lease options are, are difficult to do in Texas. Uh, maybe more difficult than other states, but not illegal, and we're going to touch on that in a minute. Um, but uh, you, it, it, people can really take advantage of other people in a lease option because you've seen it. You know, they advertise um, bad credit, okay. You know, we'll take anybody. Everybody's approved. Um, but you, you said no. You know what? 
I'm not going to put anybody in these houses who does not have a realistic chance of getting a mortgage in 6 to 12 months. Now, occasionally, you may take a, a buyer into a home, a tenant buyer, who needs one to two years. But you you really pre-screen them very carefully. You brought in your own kind of in-house credit repair lady um, and said, look, I only want people into these homes who have a realistic shot of getting a mortgage. So they have to have good income. They have to have a good down payment. And that, you know, that may mean you don't sell every house you get under contract, but that's okay. So that was one of the most revolutionary things I had heard at the time and what made my two-day visit with John so worth it um, because that's exactly what I wanted in my business. So I I've, I thank you for that, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, but, but you're right. That's, that's what we brought in was, uh, was and that goes back to what I had read about lease options before is that it was just uh, the only thing out there was, Hey, here's how you can make some money, and they they aren't they're not going to buy anyway. And you get you know you get the house back in really good condition, and you just do it again. Well, with us, we brought in with leasing to buyer. We brought in uh, credit improvement. We uh, help them reestablish credit. Uh, we're affiliated with Public Savings Bank now, uh, and we have the financing in place. So we've got uh, the complete, um, if you will, assembly line to get them from. You know the 580 score if not ready to go to a 620 and they're ready to go for finance and uh, so that way it helps them helps the seller and it, it's a complete program so it actually uh, helps everybody and that's why I think it's so successful and that's why I think we're, um, well, we're so, always so busy talk about your success rate with your tenant buyers that you put into your homes John yeah and the success rate because I get the same question from sellers as they're uh, looking to use us, and the success rate is around the ninety percent as far as wow, that's huge. Yeah. Oh, it's most massive. are like twenty five percent, or less. Well, and you know what? And it comes down to a, a number of things. First of all, I actually turn down I would say about seventy percent of the applications we get. Mm -hmm. I turn down about seventy percent. Uh, I don't do the fog a mirror test. If you can fog a mirror, you're in. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm really looking because I'm looking to see who do we want in this house? Who do we want uh, to be working with for the next six, seven, eight months to get them financed? So first of all, it comes out of the screening. I've turned down about 70% of the people that come to us. Secondly, uh, I actually try to stay away from a certain price range. Now here in our area, the, the median price range is, I would say, 100 and Fifty thousand dollars, one one fifty to one eighty, somewhere right in there. It's about the average price for a house. So, having said that, I try to stay away from houses that are below, say, a hundred thousand dollars or so, uh, yeah. somewhere in there. Now, sure, certainly on some occasions, I'll take them as a favor for somebody or for certain investors. But outside of that, I just stay away from them. And matter of fact, there are certain areas that I don't even market to. Because I don't want to deal with the sellers, I don't want to deal with the buyers, I don't want to deal with the neighborhoods, uh, just because uh, I just know what that particular area, that particular neighborhood brings. I don't have time for that. Uh, so uh, I try to stick with houses that are certainly above 100000 ideally above 150000 So you get uh, better houses, better clientele. I turn down about 70% of the people that come to us that apply for our program. Uh, and then uh, when, we, when they do apply, I'm looking for specific things, debt to income, uh, public records, uh, foreclosure, bankruptcy, judgment, those types of things. Um, and so it is 
tremendously different than the um, no credit check, you know, come on in, uh, you can fog a mirror you're in type of program. This is where we're really going to be sticking with them to help them get financed. Once you drop below that price range of about $100,000, then your 90% success drops to about 75 to 65% success. And keep in mind, that's with us really pulling the horse to the water and throwing the water in the horse's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's all the support there that, we, that our company provides. Uh, so that, you know, uh, I think Alex was saying about the 20% level, you know, uh, 25%. That's very, that's very accurate for most people getting into a lease option because, uh, uh, you know, if you're getting into a, a lease option and it's, uh, you know, $70,000 house, they had the down payment, that's all that qualified them for. Hey, you got the down payment, you're in, guess what? They're never going to buy the house. And so, uh, yeah, that 20%, 25% success is, uh, uh, is very, that's pretty much what you can see out there if you don't have the systems in place. Now, John, you'll also, um, when you have a contract, a house under contract, uh, you, you allow the seller to continue advertising it for sale or for rent on their own. Um, so you don't always sell every house you get under contract either, do you? No, we don't. Uh, we only market to listed properties on the MLS. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I know. But, hey, here's, here's the way I look at it, Alex. Uh, who do you want to market to? People that sell their houses. Who is selling their house? People that are on the MLS. Bingo. So <laughs> I guess I guess, yeah. I mean, yeah. and if you could so, include agents in there, how do you, how do you pay the agent? Uh, the only way I pay an agent is if they bring me a buyer. So now, the selling agent doesn't get paid. Now rewind right. a little bit, and and how do you market to listed properties? Because this is really awesome. I love this. Uh, actually, uh, my ad, uh, admin lady, uh, whenever I uh, uh, tell her I want a specific area, she will generate a list of all the uh, properties that are on the MLS within a specific area, specific price range, and they will go to tax records, obviously, uh, to verify a mailing address. Then they generate uh, mailing labels for me, and we send out brochures and postcards to the property owners of the properties that are on MLS. So you don't uh, send the postcards to the realtors? No, no. Because I would, yeah, I figure they can buy toilet paper at Sam's, okay? Because that's what that's what they would do with my postcard. So how so, does this work, though, with circumvention and all this stuff? They've signed listing agreements. They can't just say, hey, realtor, buy. Well, uh, here's the thing. It comes down a couple of different ways. Uh, seller will call me and say, well, now I'm, I'm still listed on the market. Because uh, what's interesting is a seller calls me, and I'll say, uh, now, now, so do you have a house? Is it... Uh, now, how did you find me? Is it is it is it? Do you have it for rent or for sale by owner, or is it is it listed or something? I act like an idiot, even though no, I know. Of course. Oh, even though I know. Oh, it's listed, and my VA sent you a uh, postcard. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they say, uh, oh, it's yeah. Well, I'm listed. I'm I'm still with an agent. It's still listed. It's on the market. Oh, okay. And they'll say, well, now how does this work with my agent? Well, a couple different ways here. First of all, once I pull, uh, do some preliminary information, send that to you, some, some figures, let's make sure it's going to work first. If it is, then you'll want to let your agent know, hey, listen, uh, if possible, I'd like, to, I'd like for you to keep the listing, while, but I'm going to offer it as a lease purchase. Now, mm -hmm. at that point, the, the agent may say, mm, no, I'll tell you what, if that's the deal, I'm just going to cancel the listing. Or the agent may say, well, how am I going to get paid? Meaning, right. Mean agent. Because that's you know the most important thing in the world is how's a real estate agent going to get paid? Um, 
And well, uh, it is it is how they put the food on the table. So it, it is. That's how. They, hey, how else can you afford all those uh, uh, fancy glamour shop pictures you have on the side? Of the <laughs> and so uh, there's a couple different ways there. Uh, what it comes down to is the agreement between the owner and the agent. And I'm telling the, you know, I tell the owners this. Um, you may want to uh, tell the agent, listen, if we do a lease purchase before you get a contract. I'll pay you some flat fee of say $500, $750, whatever that case may be. And again, this is the seller paying the agent. Or uh, what is pretty typical with a straight lease is the agent gets half of one month's payment. So you as the owner may want to pay the agent half of one month's payment, uh, whatever you will work out. In some cases, in many cases, the owner just tells the agent flat out, if you don't bring a contract, you don't get paid. Uh, and so that's between them. Right. Now, the key have, is the key is John. It's between the seller and the realtor. You don't get involved in that. I never. You know what? Every house I have, uh, I say every. I'd say ninety-six percent of houses we have are listed on the market. I haven't talked to one of the agents. Well, I say that. I mean, very, very rarely do I ever talk to to the listing agent. I don't need to. You're right. That's nothing to do with me. And another thing too, sellers do this all the time. If a house is listed for sale and they can't sell it, the 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 the, buy, the seller will say, Mr. Agent, I need to advertise this house for rent. Exactly. So they'll modify the listing agreement and either change it to rent or um, add it as an also available for rent. So that happens all the time. They modify listing agreements to, to, to cover that. But, John, explain the paperwork a little bit because you're coming in this as a principal, as the tenant buyer for this house, right? Right. What happens is once we have, when a homeowner calls me, I, I spend about uh, maybe two minutes on the phone with them, if at all possible, uh, if that long. All I want to know is that what's the property address, how much is it listed for, how much are your payments, and are they current? Uh, I then go to tax records, pull the information, uh, print it off, uh, put the numbers together in about ooh, 12 seconds, uh, put that together in a seller price sheet that I have, email that to them with the explanation of the numbers. Uh, once they say, okay, those, this looks good, what's the next step? I put those figures into the contracts. Uh, our company signs a lease option with the seller. Uh, then we then have, uh, uh, we are then a principal in agreement on the lease option. We then have to market uh, basically our contract uh, with that owner to our, uh, to our tenant buyers. Right, so you're you're under contract to lease option the property as a tenant buyer, but your agreement says you have the right to assign this contract to anybody else. So right, and that's the, that's all we do is we do because uh, uh, there's different types of uh, lease options and options. We do specifically uh, assignments or sometimes called CAs or cooperative assignments where we're setting the number so that it benefits the seller, uh, and then we assign that contract to uh, to our time to our tenant buyer uh, for an assignment fee and so you're not staying in the middle no no we're not staying in the middle in other words the payments don't go through us they go directly to the homeowner uh, all we uh, focus on then at that point is uh, staying in touch as far as on our database uh, watching as, as our credit comes up as soon as we're ready to go uh, get the 1003 loan application to them and get them financed good good so I love that approach. It's kind of uh, what's the word? Um, Ethical? Nin no, no, ninja. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? I was, was going to say ethical. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's good. 
Who else markets to listed properties? Not to the agents, but to the owners of listed properties. And, and John's not a realtor, so he can do this. There's no law that says you can't send postcards to people who have their houses listed for sale. Exactly, and, and occupational code. Occupational code is what uh, you know, realtors have to abide by. It's what uh, plumbers, electricians, anybody that's licensed by the state uh, falls underneath occupational code. And for real estate agents, occupational code um, is obviously there in place for the protection of the buyer and the seller. <clears throat> Sarcasm implied. Uh, if you read <laughs> occupational code, you will see that it's uh, there in place to make sure that the agent gets paid their commission. Uh, which because that's so important again. Um, but but you, uh, you're you're still setting it up where the agent still gets their commission because it could be that the agent will get you know half a month's rent or a full month's their rent. Agent, yeah, the the seller's agent, the listing agent, may very well get uh, half a one month's payment or you know somewhere around there, uh, depending on what they work out with the owner, and then uh, get the rest of their commission if and when the tenant buyer buys the home a year down the road, right? No, I don't set it up that way. Now, if they if they have that in place, that's between them and the seller. Can you believe, Joe? Out of all the deals we've done, I think I've had two where the owner agreed to pay the agent something on the back end. Because um, wow. here's wow. the thing. Yeah, I mean, but, but think about it. Here's the thing: what agent is going to spend you know ten months keeping track of somebody and their credit and their credit score? They're not going not to. Not many. Yeah. So, um, so that's between the owner and the agent. But uh, I would say. And I'm I'm just kind of doing a little bit of guess here. I would say that out of all the sellers we have, I would say sixty to seventy percent of them, easily sixty to seventy percent of them, do not pay their agent anything once we lease option or once we lease option their property. I would say the other, you know, thirty percent or so, uh, pay them whatever five hundred bucks, seven hundred bucks. But they, you know, the agent still. You've mentioned this before too. Sometimes the agents will all of a sudden start working harder to sell the home now that this yeah, is under it's, 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 yeah. Well, you're right. It's amazing how once we get involved, suddenly uh, uh, the owner you know will call us a week later. You're not going to believe this, but we have a contract on our house. You know, this house has been on the market for a year, but suddenly they have a contract on it because we got involved. So um, uh, you know, I tell the owners that I approach it from the aspect of if I were the owner what would I want I would want every option available so I tell them I never tell them never tell an owner cancel that listing I always say listen if you can keep that listing mm -hmm. and utilize us as well so you have both poles in the water that's what you want right so talk a little bit about Texas um, All right, Texas is the largest state outside of Alaska <laughs> it's close to Mexico we have a a little river that runs between uh, it, uh -huh. and uh, <laughs> and we're going to secede from the union or something. I don't know. Don't mess with Texas. Don't mess with Texas. <laughs> um, yeah, Texas uh, passed uh, Texas passed laws HB eighteen twenty three back in two thousand five, and um, the re there was a number of reasons for that, but basically, and I'm again, I'm just kind of tightening this up a little bit, uh, a number of uh, people, we'll, we'll refer to them as uh, people that may not have been fully documented here in the United States, were coming uh, up from someplace south of Texas um, with cash. Uh -huh. And they were getting in these houses in, as lease options, 
and they would try to go buy the house because back then you had Banco Popular and other loan other lenders that didn't care if you had a social security number and they'd try to go buy the house and a number of things would happen first of all maybe the house wasn't platted so there was no survey there's no plat uh, or maybe they would get into the house and four months later the house is being foreclosed on because the payments were being made so fast forward just a little bit and Acorn got involved um, which is a very reputable uh, yeah. uh, lobbying group, and uh, got involved and contacted two, uh, one state, uh, one representative, one uh, state senator, uh, one down the representative down in Houston, state senator down in uh, Harlingen, which is very far south part of Texas, and they drafted legislation that would basically eliminate lease options. Um, and so we all got on board uh, very heavily before the final bill got signed, and the bill got uh, highly amended prior to the passage uh, before it got signed by uh, the gentleman now running for president, Rick Perry. Uh, that was back in 2005. What happened, though, is the rumor mill, rumor mill got started uh, early on, and a lot of people did not read the final bill. Um, and or just believe what they heard at the real estate club, etc. And they, the rumors were crazy, uh, such as the mortgage company. First of all, one of the rumors was you can't do a lease option on a house with a mortgage. Um, that's in, that's not right. That's that's false. Another rumor was you couldn't. Uh, the mortgage company had to approve the tenant buyer. Uh, that's false. So all these crazy rumors, somehow I just didn't know where they came from, uh, got started. And um, this is where the what I call the land trust attorneys came out of the woodwork. Uh, because you had all these attorneys that knew land trust and they had a little land trust package. So now they try to tell everybody, oh, you, you can't do lease options, you're going to do a land trust. And here's, you know, here's our package that just happens to be available. Well, you mean like uh, land contracts and owner financing and contract right. for deeds, right? Exactly. Now, contract for deed, and I'm not going to get into it deep here. Contract for deed uh, here in Texas does have specific statutes that fall. And here's where some of the confusion came in. Contract for deeds uh, fall underneath the same um, title of the property code as some of the statutes for lease options. So people would read this and think, well, oh my gosh, I have to provide an amortization statement every year. No, that's not true. That's only for a, that's only for a contract for deed. So the, the point is there was a lot of confusion there for those that didn't actually read the bill. Uh, well, obviously, this is what I do. I read the bill, uh, you know, highlighted all the things and uh, outlined everything. And we just you know made some minor adjustments to our contracts, and on we go. And so, But still, here we are, what, five years later, six years later, and there's still a lot of rumors out there, a lot of uh, um, people that don't understand uh, Texas lease options. I finally, fi there was some guy up in Missouri or someplace that just <laughs> eat me down and beat me down saying, you've got to put something out about t Texas lease options. You have to, you have to, you have to. Uh -huh. I finally, finally gave in and said, okay, I'm going to do it. So I put out a, um, a CD that is the most, in my opinion, the most in-depth uh, discussion and explanation about Texas lease options, some of the history, the, who the players were, etc., and actually the contracts needed for uh, lease options in Texas. And I finally put a CD out, um, 
and which I, I never thought I'd put a CD out, but I, I did. I find it for Texas lease options. But lease options are legal in Texas. Uh, there are just certain uh, disclosures, mortgage information you have to disclose, and that type of thing. And you've been doing lease options for seven or eight years now. Um, mm -hmm. I, I I think that's fantastic what you've done with that resource that you've made available because, um, you know, with my wholesaling lease options course, I get at least two to five questions a week from people about Texas. And um, it's nice to be able now to tell them to go to somebody else. Um, but, you know, I've read the law myself, and I cannot see anywhere in there where it says you cannot do lease options in Texas. Um, but the good thing for you is you have very little competition. Um, yeah, I really don't have any competition here. So <laughs> so in a way, that's one of the things about I thought, well, I don't want to put out this CD because uh, you know, I don't want to bring on competition because I figure if everybody thinks it's illegal, better for me, you know? Right. right. Leave more for me. But that just goes to show you guys, and, uh, you know, laws are always changing. Um, you know, there's all kinds of rumors going on now about um, new legislation with the SAFE Act or with um, owner financing and, and what we're going to do with that. And um, There's always not ways to work around things, you know, like to skirt the law, but to ways to work through it, you know, and be creative and, um, and things like that. So... Uh, Hats off to John for really working um, with the system and, and not being afraid of it. But well, and I think what's important, Joe, uh, real quickly, is that whether somebody's doing lease options, they're doing owner finance, uh, whatever the case may be, uh, I think it's important to understand the law and not take what you heard somebody else say that happened to hear at a real estate club meeting say that they heard somebody else say, that type of thing. Um, because, uh, well, I'll give you an example. I just saw um, Monday, I saw an email from an attorney about uh, um, citing, you know, specific statutes in Texas. Well, uh, for, to do a lease option, you have to be able to do this, this, and this. And this is a real, a quote-unquote real estate attorney. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, he was citing things that were only for a contract for deed that the law specifically states do not apply to lease options. So the point is just because you have Esquire after your name doesn't mean that, you know, you're the, uh, you can walk on water. Okay. Uh, that's what, all I'm saying. What does Esquire mean anyway? I see that like on a lot of attorneys. It's, 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 it's a magazine that I used to post. Cool. It's a magazine that I used to do a lot of, of uh, geography shoots for back in the day. When I was <laughs> Nice. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, Esquire, you know, Joe McCall, Esquire, and all of a sudden. I don't know. I think it goes back to I'm going to guess old London days or England or whatever. I don't know. That's what it sounds like. You're a squire for a knight yeah. or something. Yeah, knighthood. I want to be knighted. Yeah, <laughs> sir. That'd be sir. Sir John Jackson, Esquire, M.D., D.O., Ph.D. Wow. Yeah. That that would be good right there. I just want some initials after my name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I'd like to talk to you a little bit more about your marketing because, um, you know, we're not in the real estate business, as I like to say. We're, we're in the marketing business. And um, it's all about marketing, and the more marketing you do, the more leads you're going to get and the more deals you're going to do. Um, but you, the great thing about your system, John, is you've kept everything really simple, and you just stick with what works. Talk about uh, how you do marketing for sellers and how you do marketing for buyers. Uh, on the sellers, and that's so key, Joe. On, on the sellers, I, I focus specifically on 
sending out brochures and, and postcards to listed property owners. Mm -hmm. So, for example, uh, back in June, I did a small mail out of a thousand brochures and followed up with 480 postcards. And out of that, I think we had, I believe we had 14 uh, leads, emails or, or phone calls. Which isn't a lot, but go on. No, but out of 14, I think we got nine houses. Yeah, which uh, is phenomenal. And if you figure, let's say you make $3,500, dollars a house, well, that's, you know, that's, that's not too shabby, I guess. Yeah. Now, and considering I'll never see most of these houses, again, you know, it's, it's not too shabby. Uh, now, so that's what we do is we market specifically to, <coughs> excuse me, listed houses uh, that are on the MLS. Uh, we try to target a specific price range, say, hundred thousand to three fifty, hundred thousand to four hundred thousand. Uh, we send out uh, brochures, we send out postcards. I've got uh, my VA that. Uh, generates the list for us when I want her to, send those out, they'll email or they'll call me. Once they call me or email us through our website at Leasing to Buy, then I go to work, I take that lead, pick up the baton and put all the numbers together, uh, give the uh, seller about two minutes of my time to explain the you know, our program, put the numbers together. Uh, most of the stuff I do is by email. Outside yeah. of just uh, you know one quick call, explaining a little bit about the program or a little bit about the contracts, uh, I've got everything set up where I used uh, sticky notes or whatever they call it on Mac. Everything's a pre-done email. I put that together with a seller price sheet, put the numbers in there, bap, 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 email it out. Two days later, you know, follow up email with the, with the contracts. So I do everything by email. If they decide to pull the trigger, then one of my reps will. Uh, Go out and meet the homeowner, pick up the contracts, get the pictures, and uh, we're on. You know, it's 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 a go. As far as marketing to buyers, uh, we market obviously through our website, leasing to buy, which our website then filters into a number of other websites. Some of them are paid websites that I pay for, but we filter out to into a number of other websites. I think about twenty other websites. We then market uh, through our newsletter that goes out every week to, I think now it's over 1,800 people a week that it goes out to. We also, of course, do the basic uh, signs in the yard. What something that we don't do that a lot of people do is we don't do bandit signs. Mm. Um, yeah, we don't do that. And, you know, but I tell people, if you find something that works, do it. Don't, just don't, don't do it. Don't not do it because I said it didn't work. Uh, we don't do bandit signs because I found for what we're looking for in a buyer, is that bandit signs bring bandit buyers. <laughs> and I don't want to deal with bandit buyers. Uh, so I don't do bandit signs. Now, if I was doing $80,000 houses in different neighborhoods, yeah, bandit signs would probably work great. Uh, they, they would never buy, and I'd get the house back, and they would be wondering why his house was, you know, now has, you know, uh, a weird uh, devil insignia all over the side of it uh, because people, you know, trashed his house. So I don't do bandit signs, but that doesn't mean they don't work depending on the area you're looking for. If I'm marketing a $350,000 house in a gated community, really, do you think a bandit sign staple gunned up to a, to a, a telephone pole is going to draw some good qualified buyers for that house? Probably not. So I don't use bandit signs. But again, that doesn't mean I tell people absolutely don't use them. I, all I can do is say, here's what I have found that works for me. Now, we use directional signs sometimes to direct people down to the houses, which is different. But um, 
And that's how we market the uh, the houses through our website, which feeds into about twenty others, uh, through our newsletter, and through signs in the yard. And our do you uh, do do you do much Craigslist advertising, Joe? We do. Uh, I have found the Craigslist marketing has been really hit or miss. But we do my VA. I've got a separate VA that loads properties about every week, twice a week or so to yeah. Craigslist, or she'll ten at a time, twice a week. I guess that's how it goes. I guess that's how it is. Uh, as far as the uh, the response, it's pretty hit or miss that I have found. Yeah. So you have, you know, at any one time, maybe 30 to 60 homes on your website. Is that right? Yeah, we try to keep try to keep about 45 houses at a time, uh, at a time on our website. 40, 45. We're, I think we're down now to like 32, 35. Um, I can't keep the inventory in place because yeah. um, it's so busy right now because nobody can get qualified. So we're just slamming busy, and that's the thing is that uh, where I find have found for eight and a half years has been a continuous uh, dog chasing its tail. Is uh, suddenly I wake up one morning, I go, oh. I need inventory, and I go crazy busy blasting out some brochures and postcards, and suddenly I can't keep up with the sellers and the phone calls. I'm over, I'm overwhelmed. I'm swamped. I'm slammed. Suddenly, I've got you know, 50 houses on the website. I'm like, oh, good. Now I've got a lot of inventory. Next thing you know, I'm slammed with buyers and this and that, or you know, applications coming in. I wake up one morning, I've got 30 houses, and it's just you know, so it's just a dog, uh, dog chasing itself. As far as you know, it seems like I'm always. Behind on something. <laughs> well, the um, you're keeping the option deposit as your profit, correct? Right. We keep. Uh, if you go to leasingtobuy.com, you'll see the option fee. That is what we get for our assignment fee. Typically, the way we started structuring is we give a little bit of that to the owner. Maybe it's eight hundred dollars or so. It depends on the house. Yeah. But we give a little bit, a little bit of that to the owner. It's non-refundable option consideration. Now. Now these aren't big home runs, but the beautiful thing about it is these deals are so easy to do, and you don't have to go meet the sellers. Um, and you can do a lot of these, so it's more about volume um, as far as number of deals um, to to do well in this business. But um, you're on right. average, I mean, how big are those assignment fees? And they, you know what they average about four thousand, forty five hundred on average, forty eight hundred. So I would say on average, you know. Eh, four thousand, forty-five hundred on average. Yeah. And what do you, what do you, um, how, what volume do you move each month? We tip it well, because obviously it's real estate, so it's going to cycle. Where we do absolutely three one month, six one month. Uh, uh, in July, I was in Florida for half the month, and I think we closed five deals. Nice. So, so it's just it's hit or miss. But on average, what I like to do is really I like to do about. I'd like to do a nice fifty to sixty a year. I kind of do it on a year basis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. a nice two hundred thousand dollar year. Nobody's going to complain about that. Yeah. No. It it is certainly it's certainly good. And uh, you know we're we're like Walmart. You know we stack them stack them uh, stack them deep and sell them cheap. So maybe you know maybe we're making uh, forty five hundred or so on a deal depending on the on the price of the house. But uh, we're doing a volume, and that's what it is because we've got the system set up in place to do the volume as far as getting the properties in and, and moving them. Now there are different parts of the country. I have students in California and on the East Coast and in Maryland and that area where their average profits are seven, eight, nine thousand um, dollars, just because of the price range of these homes are higher. So it depends on the on the market and Texas generally is on the lower end of the nationwide um, but the cool thing is you know 
you're you're dealing with nice homes and nice neighborhoods, and you avoid so many problems. Um, a lot of times, you have the owners show the homes. Is that right? Yeah, well, I have uh, I have reps that work for me that will show houses for me. Okay. So they show the houses a lot. Uh, on occasion, I've had uh, the the owner show the house for me. Uh, the only houses I see are the ones that are specifically in my in my neighborhood, in my area, if you will. Otherwise, I have the reps show them for me. So you 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 basically keep every house within a thirty minute drive for you, right? Yeah, I have what's called the bread and butter territory, and I focus on about a 30-minute drive so that I can get to the house uh, within 30 minutes. 20 minutes, really, ideally. Anything longer than that, I've got a rep that shows the house for me. Nice. How much do you pay the rep per deal? Uh, I actually overpay. I'm, I'm generous. I'm very generous. I actually pay 35% towards the rep. So 35% of what we make goes to the rep if they do the deal. Okay. Generally, I recommend twenty um, percent at the most, uh, but John's having them do a lot of the work, um, so it just depends on how much work you don't want to do. And uh, but you know, I, people ask me that all the time: what should I do? How can I find somebody to help me sell these homes? And I just put an ad in Craigslist saying, "Hey, I'm looking for a realtor. I'll actually advertise for a realtor to help me." Um, but I guess <laughs> if the house is listed, you can't have a realtor help you sell that home. But uh, you know, there's already people out there right now in your market finding tenants for other investors, and they're only collecting a quarter to a half a month's rent. Uh, but for them, they do it all day long, and they'll do you know 10 to 12 a week. So they're getting paid well doing it. But um, they're they're all about the volume, and they already have the systems in place. So you could find other people out there in your markets that are already doing this for other investors, and you can just plug them into your system. Um, well, that's cool. Really cool. Yeah, and, and and going back on that, yeah, I recommend to the people that come to me for training. I recommend. Oh, hold on, just a second, Joe. Yeah. While John's doing that, uh, the um, he has guys like you were saying before. Oh, it's all right. I was just going to be talk. I was going to talk about your uh, leaseoptionclasses.com website, but go ahead and finish your what you were going to say. Yeah, I recommend about 20%, 25% to pay a rep. Uh, I started off and I was paying 30%, so that's just what I, uh, 35%, that's just what I have. But uh, certainly if I could go back, I would do it for less. Mm -hmm. But um, talk a little bit about uh, leaseoptionclasses.com and, and what you do with these um, these little mini boot camps that you hold. Right. What What's, what's happened is, through leasing to buy, I was going to franchise leasing to buy and uh, take it nationwide. And long story made short, I found that uh, with, with the way it was structured, it was a great company, great concept, but wasn't necessarily the best structure for a franchise uh, just because of everything involved. Long story made short, I ended up uh, training a, a few people one-on-one -on -one here uh, in the Fort Worth area on how to do what I do. Uh, then it kind of developed into uh, two classes a year where we have about 10, we allow 10 people a year, 10 people, 10 people per class uh, maximum uh, to actually come here, uh, go underneath my training and learn how to build basically their own leasing to buy business. Mm -hmm. And so now with leaseoptionclasses.com, 
I now teach people how to develop their own business classes, uh, I mean their own business, structure and leasing to buy.com. Uh, they can uh, learn our business model, how to do everything that we do with leasing to buy. So it's almost like getting your own franchise, you just can't use my name or logo. But you get every you get access to everything I have in regards to uh, my virtual assistants. You get uh, uh, all of my obviously a uh, uh, experience I've uh, I've gotten over eight and a half years. You get to see the business structures. You know exactly how to structure your business, how to cookie cutter things, so you can do the the volume that I do. And so it's again it's like having your own leasing to buy system. It just you can't use the logo. And that's I what like I do. That. And I, I only offer it twice a year. Uh, I'm not uh, Joe. You know me. Uh, you know I'm not going to go pack. Uh, you know, 500 people into a uh, into a hotel room and say, "Here's here's something you want to learn." But uh, first, you should go to the back of the room and swipe your credit card. That's not me. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm all about uh, uh, really giving uh, everything I can to the students and showing them how to uh, how to duplicate uh, uh, what I've developed, releasing to buy. Which is. Um which I really appreciate that about about you, John. That's good. Um, Alex, did you have any um, other questions you wanted to ask John before we? Sure. Yeah, John. What? Oh, um... I, I would not be taking questions during this. <laughs> <laughs> John, would you, uh, with your your uh, eighteen hundred buyers that you've built up um, on your newsletter? I'm guessing that's who you're talking about. Are those the are those potential buyers? Yeah, those are people that have signed up for our newsletter. On our website, leasingtobuy.com, we have a, a sign-up that people send for our email newsletter. And uh, also those are leads that we've got, we've captured through uh, some of the other websites that we use as well. Um, but right now it goes out to about 1,800 people. But yeah, those are people that have signed up for our uh, newsletter on our website, on our homepage there. What would you say is the percentage of, of, of buyers that comes from that pool, or is it all from mainly newer marketing? You know, it's hard to say, Alex. I would say about, I would say about 8% of our buyers come from that newsletter. Interesting. Um, yeah, because I, I would think I would think when um, I've thought about setting up you know a, le a lease option machine like you have gone because that's really what it is, is is a machine you've got to build you know your front end and as well as your back end but um, I was like wow yeah it, it would be helpful to build up a you know a pool of people where you could just put them right into it but it seems like um, once you get something, you're you're always adding new new people to it, uh, and it, it's not necessarily that huge pool of people that's that that are becoming the uh, you know your end tenant buyer, if you will. Well, and, and what you find, Alex, what I find anyway is, uh, let's say we have eighteen hundred people. Well, keep in mind some of those people have been on that list for a year, or maybe a little bit longer than a year, but. Every week they get an email from us with the new properties we have, the ones we're highlighting. And maybe these people are ones that weren't quite ready a year ago, but they keep getting our newsletter. And then they say, hey, I keep getting, and I get this all the time. Hey, I keep getting your newsletter. We're about a couple months away from being ready or having the down payment saved up and uh, really look in this area or whatever. And so uh, it's not something where you start it and suddenly, you know, the, you know, you know, out of eighteen hundred people, fifty percent of them get into a house. You know, the next month with you, it's Absolutely. the ones that it's it's a matter of uh, these people are the ones that 
um, you know, they're, they're watching, they're getting that newsletter list every week, uh, they're watching, they're watching, they're not quite ready, they're renting, maybe they send another one-year lease, but the point is it's something that over time definitely builds up and definitely helps moves the inventory. When we have houses that just have to go, uh, I make sure they're on that newsletter list every week, and uh, it definitely helps move them. Gotcha, gotcha. No, that's good. I appreciate that. You know, I, I just love how uh, John keeps it simple, and he focuses on one thing and does it well. And uh, I just see so many times, and I, you probably agree, Alex, you see students that say, oh, I'm all excited about this strategy. Um, and then they get excited about it for a little while, and then they find something else, a new shiny object, and they go chasing after that. And they think, oh, man, this is the key. This is what's going to finally break it out for me, you know. Um, but the guys that you see are most successful. They know what they're good at, and they've picked one thing, and they've stuck with it. And um, it's okay to try, you know, new forms of marketing or whatnot. But if you, if something's working for you, keep on doing it. Wouldn't you agree, Alex or John? Yeah, yeah you know, I, I think you're right. I think, uh, you know, one of the things I talk about is uh, – Trying to when you're starting off in real estate again, this goes back to the, the stock market. There's you know 20 different ways to make money in real estate. There's more than that, but the point is, is you see all these different ways and you get very confused and, and muddled in the mix of figuring out what's going to be best for me. Is it is it foreclosures? Is it short sales? Is it wholesaling? Is it lease options? Is it this? Is it that? What's it going to be? And you have to really find that niche that works best for you that you feel comfortable with that is just a good natural fit for you uh, what you can't do is, is spend two days or a day trying to do foreclosures and the next day you go oh that was too hard you know what you know what wholesaling that's what's for me and then you spend about a day doing that and you go oh you know what that doesn't work oh lease options that's for me then you spend a day doing lease options you really got to find out what what's going to work for you what feels comfortable what's going to be within your uh, uh, kind of risk uh, level if you will and what's going to be a good fit for you you can't spend your time trying to focus on 20 different strategies because you end up focusing on none and being successful in none that was one of my biggest problems um, before I found my kind of niche was being a trying to be a master or a jack of all trades but I was really a master of none as the saying goes and juggling too many balls, trying to do too many things, and I still struggle with that sometimes today, but it wasn't until I decided, you know what, I'm going to stick with this thing, and I'm going to do it until I figure it out, and I start making money, and either I make money, or I'm going to quit, and uh, so I just stuck with wholesaling, this was um, about three or four years ago, and I started making money in the business, and then after I was making money wholesaling, that's when I discovered lease options and I added this twist to it and started flipping lease options and I discovered I liked that better but um, it's always good to be reminded even if you have a business right now and you're already doing deals it's always really good to be reminded of um, oh brother, of be reminded of keeping things simple you know and having the systems in place where you know okay if this happens then this happens and I send it to this person or I send the seller this email and uh, and then I call them a couple days later and so it, my point is it doesn't have to be complicated it does not have to be complicated the easiest way to make money in real estate is to do what's easy 
You know, I think that's I think that's so important. The easiest thing, the easiest way to make uh, to be successful is, is to do what's easy, um, in the sense that, uh, yeah, if you try to uh, overcomplicate things and or you think that it should be super complicated, uh, it's not. It's not. You know, I was at the foreclosure sale uh, back uh, it was August second, and uh, it was with uh, another investor uh, that I do a lot of work with. Um, Got the house. Uh, it's got about whatever sixty, sixty-five thousand worth of equity, and we'll uh, he'll uh, get it ready, and we'll uh, we'll lease option it. Uh, it's just it's just it's easy once you have the systems in place and uh, uh, and have everything in place to, uh, to just duplicate it over and over. Right, right. Very good. Hey, I wanted to ask you too, John, before we leave. Uh, it's one of my favorite questions to ask investors: is if you were to be dropped. I mean, God forbid, if you had to live somewhere else besides Texas, if you, <laughs> that was a joke. See, people from Texas don't laugh at that joke. <laughs> oh, are we still on? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. So, <laughs> so let's say you were dropped in some, you know, godforsaken place. place like Virginia. Oh, <laughs> wow. So. And you didn't know anybody. Um, you didn't have any of your contacts and connections there. But you had a computer, you had a phone, you had some money for marketing. You know, what would you do to start making money in uh, real estate? I tell you what I would do is let's just because I've said this before. If I didn't live here and you know, had to live somewhere, as far as from a business aspect, uh, first of all, it'd be Houston, Texas because it's a massive area and you're talking about a, an area that really mirrors what we have here but um, you drop me down in uh, Houston, Texas and uh, again I'm picking that just because of, yeah. of the market there um, give me my laptop, my VA and uh, I will the first thing I would do is I would get uh, a couple of market maps, which market maps are things you can get online, have zip codes and stuff. Uh, you've seen the one I use. Just so I can start to get familiar with the area, I would then uh, um, uh, start looking at uh, Realtor.com, looking at price ranges and different um, areas that are within a 30-minute drive of me, uh, looking at school districts. Again, this is just from going from scratch. Uh, then I would have uh, my VA uh, generate a uh, list of uh, uh, addresses for the listed properties that are within that, you know, the specific, uh, say, I'll say four or five zip codes that I'm looking at, and I would start uh, blasting out, uh, blasting out the brochures and the postcards to the people in those, uh, you know, three or four zip codes that are within a 30-minute drive of me, and uh, start ramping up the business. And it's, 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 I'd say it's that easy, but it's, it's almost like it's that easy. Now, let's say you didn't have any money and you couldn't afford postcards. Mm-hmm. Or brochures. What would you? I do would. Then? Uh, I would be a, a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To make money to get the postcard. That's right. Yeah. I would. And, and you know, instead of, instead of being the college student, I'd be like, I'm the, I'm an entrepreneur. You know. So, uh, All right. So you would you would flip burgers at McDonald's until you had enough money. No, I would be a stripper. My name. Okay. Would be, right. My name would be Thor. <laughs> Thor. Uh, Thor, wow. yes, because the G-string would make me very Thor. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Wow-wee. <laughs> it reminds me of the, uh, oh, you know, I can't say that on this. <laughs> no, no, stop. I was about just to say, yeah, st yeah, Stop right now. 
uh, <laughs> appendectomy, but I won't do that. Um, uh, <laughs> I probably, uh, you know, I probably uh, have some uh, uh, some extensions put in and become a, uh, a stripper. I guess. Oh, right, right. It has nothing to do with real estate, but you know. <laughs> you, you would okay. You'd you'd get a part time <laughs> job, or or well, I'm trying. Okay, you'd flip burgers, or you would, uh, you know. I Maybe would go to Craigslist. I would start emailing and cold call, which again, I don't cold call. I'm a big right. fan of it. I would email and cold call Craigslist uh, to start generating uh, three or four or five properties and in inventory. The first thing I would do once I had uh, the, uh, once I turned my first house, is I would go buy a nice bottle of, Cas of Casa Noble tequila. Uh -huh. Then, I would uh, spend, uh, call it $500 on a pretty nice mail-out and market specifically to the my target area. Very good. With that... <laughs> I, do, I, I do have to say this joke here real fast. Why, yeah. why was the Greek god upset? Why was the Greek god upset? It sounds so vague. Why was the Greek god upset? Okay, okay tell us why, Alex. Because he was Thor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a better one for you, and and John will probably know the answer to this because there's you know Spanish is the first language in Texas. That's right. right uh, what, do you, what do you call um, stolen cheese? Oh no, hot queso. I don't know. Nacho cheese. Oh! <laughs> no, I, no, I feel like I should have just told, gone ahead and just oh, told the story about the, uh, the the stripper with the appendectomy. But it just, it just, you know, I think it would take this whole show right off the edge here. So, I'll, I'll let's edit. not do it. Yeah, I won't do it. I won't do it. I'll edit the jokes out because I know everybody's rolling their head, rolling their eyes. Gotcha. But uh, John, your website is. Uh, LeaseOptionClasses.com, is that right? Right, LeaseOptionClasses.com is where I train. It's a website that I have where I train people how to do uh, what I do. If they want to, sometimes people say, "Well, what do you teach?" I actually just refer them to LeasingToBuy.com. Yeah. I say, "Well, if you want to learn what you're going to learn, go to LeasingToBuy.com. If you like what you see, you go, hey, I'd like to have that. Go to LeaseOptionClasses.com." John's the real deal, guys. And if you, um, you know, if you don't want to go to his boot camp, you could even buy his CD on how to do uh, um, this for the paperwork of lease options in for Texas. In Texas, right. right? I think I'm the only person that has uh, uh, information out there for the yep. for the documents on uh, in Texas, and uh, um, and certainly the most uh, in depth information on the laws in Texas. Not that that, that complicated at all, but um, uh, we do have it there at uh, leaseoptionclasses.com for the Texas lease options. Excellent. Guys, I know John for a few years now. He's the real deal. Um, you, you know, he thinks he's funny, but <laughs> he, he's actually got a lot of ethics and integrity, and it's, he's a, a shining beacon um, for, for the lease option business because, uh, as many of you know, it can be uh, not handled correctly. Um, it can cause a lot of problems. So, John, I appreciate that sharing. You know your story and kind of what what you've been doing in your business. And um, 
I sure hope that we can talk again soon. You bet. And again, uh, thank you uh, for uh, for being able to uh, have me on here and uh, um, allow me to come on here. Um, I have uh, been wearing nothing but a swimsuit this whole time, so now my legs are sticking to the fake leather chair. So I guess we should probably uh, call wow. it, call it a day. Yeah, um, that's the nice thing about. I mean, you know how it is, Alex. You know how it is when you get to work for yourself out of the house. You know, that's that is right. I do work from my underwear very often. Sometimes, sometimes you walk around the hane. Sometimes it's a, uh, just some just some stiletto heels, and uh, you know a. Uh, there's a little, a little too much stripper talk going on here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the cool thing about this business, and John talks about this a lot on his blog, is that he the freedom that it gives him. You don't have to ask your boss for vacation anymore. John flies. You're a pilot, right? Yeah, I fly around. Your license but, yet? Sweet. <laughs> they haven't revoked yet because I haven't been caught. Uh, it's so funny. People say, "Well, uh, how long have you had your license?" I said, "Oh, was I supposed to get one of those?" I didn't know there was a whole thing I had to do. I thought oh. I just got in the plane and went. But you, you take your family on little vacations all the time. Yeah, we just we spent, uh, what, two and a half weeks in Florida nice. and uh, uh, going all around. And, again, the nice thing was I didn't have to ask permission, didn't have to uh, see how many days of vacation I had, how many sick days I had or whatever. Just uh, grabbed uh, uh, the, the laptop and the phone and, and headed out. That's awesome. So it, it, it is nice. It's it's amazing to think of what used to be, you know, nine years ago. Because before, right as I was doing the day trading, I was still doing a little part time for a big company. And even though I had flexibility there, it was still just the the same old rigmarole of you know hating what you do, hating everybody that works there, and everything. So yeah. um, and having to get vacation time and this and that. So big, 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 big difference. That's for sure. Well, good. Thank you, John. Again, again, everybody, go to leaseoptionclasses.com to get more information about John or leasingtobuy.com. The, the two is the T-O, leasing to buy. And uh, don't forget our website, realestateinvestingmastery.com. We have some pretty incredible bonuses there. You can listen to all of our previous podcast episodes there and subscribe to iTunes and leave comments. And, and by the way, too, um, Alex, uh, talk a little bit about your Facebook group that you have going on right now sure it's uh wholesaling houses full-time just search that in facebook and uh i do a lot of interaction joe's on there as well and we just give out you know info when we have a chance you know if you can't pay for coaching for whatever reason you have a question either myself joe or you know many of the other investors on there will answer it for you yeah um and it's just it's just a really good place to interact you know if you want to if you want to increase your um, net worth, you have to improve your network. And right there is a network of people that are doing deals and making money, and it's right there on Facebook. So check it out. I was uh, emailing somebody. Full-time. Yeah, wholesaling houses full time on Facebook. I was emailing uh, somebody last night, Alex, about some deals here in St. Louis. And um, they're, I'm not sure where they're from, but I know they're not from St. Louis. Um, but it's a great group. And Alex does a real good job of. of um, keeping the spam out keep the, the spam out right so you're not going to be bombarded with spam in this group and that's got to be a full-time job i don't know how you do it alex but um <laughs> you you and you know it's quick uh, and fast action 
But uh, check out that that group. It's a really good group, very active one on Facebook. There's probably no other group that I found on Facebook that has as much community and and uh, really good information. It is the premier. It is the yeah. premier Facebook group. Yep. All right. So so from the uh, real estate investing mastery studios and and the golden EIB mic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off. All right. Take care, uh, hey, everybody. Th- hey, thanks, Joe. Thank you very much, Alex. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Bye-bye.